0: And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, on late Wednesday, April 26th, in the week of hell. I have never experienced a week like this. I'm um, working around the clock here. wanted to take a couple minutes off to just update you guys. I know you're seeing my reams of articles. I think I'm on article number four today. Um, but it's just every issue we ever cared about coming to fruition whether it's through the budget whether it's through executive action whether it's through the courts and it's almost all bad news you know earlier in the week at the beginning i kicked off the week with our this was episode 107 and i said look this is going to be a make or break week for trump whether he will continue the gop culture of capitulation on budget battles or whether he'll stand his ground at least on the border wall and, and no, within a couple hours, he caved so fast. See, I figured it would take until about now. So that's why I put out the first episode on Monday. Uh, many of you probably didn't even hear it until he already caved. So we already know the answer to that question. Will this be a make or break week for the Trump presidency? We know the answer. In this episode, I want to deal with the next step. This week is going to be a make or break week for the conservative movement servant movements reaching its breaking point. What I mean by that is this, the only thing worse than Republicans selling us out, bastardizing our values, breaking promises and lying about it, and downright making our views unpopular with the public, is for us to become content with and even excuse this behavior, that it's all fine. Thanks to the soft bigotry of low expectations, our our movement has found pacifiers. There's always something to point to in this binary idolatry. Well, the Democrats would have done this, or Trump had this good statement, or uh, signed this executive order on monuments or something, and use that to completely ignore the legacy issues taking place. And this is the central problem. And let me just tee it up before we talk about the problem, just what's going on this weekend. And I'm going to try to get to as much as I can. I might have to put out another episode because there's just so much going on. You have everything coming in. You have the cave on the border fence, the cave on Obamacare, the cave on the Iran deal, the cave on illegally administering the Obamacare cost-sharing subsidies, even though we won a court battle over it. Trump said he's continuing to illegally bail out the insurers without an appropriation from Congress. You have the Trump administration deciding to uh, um, have the DOJ continue defending the contraception mandate and and downright asking the court to stay the injunction against it. That was unlawful. So, I mean, think about it. The courts are raping this country, shredding the few good things he did. On, on sovereignty, on on refugees, and now, earlier this week, last night, really, on sanctuary cities. Mandating sanctuary cities is the law of the land. The courts are engaging in civil disobedience. You want to talk about a government shutdown? We have a government shutdown. The system of our governance is, is shut down permanently. Not the 17% temporary um, lapse in funding for uh, the, the bureaucrats. We're talking about our system of governance, governance by the consent of the people, where the judiciary promotes social transformation without representation, rips up the states on on redistricting, on election integrity laws, on marriage, on religious liberty, on abortion. But suddenly when a couple of states want to be neo-Confederates and engage in civil disobedience and violate the most inviolable federal powers of national sovereignty, immigration, and say we are going to hide illegals from you and and ensure that you can't do what's necessary and proper to implement what's not only a federal power but a federal responsibility a core responsibility of the social contract then all of a sudden oh we're all we're all um 10th amendment guys and you see all these libertarian thumb suckers on the right oh 10th amendment nonsensical arguments that defy common sense but i digress So the courts are killing us. But yet the few victories we ever had when we sued Obama on the contraception mandate, the cost-sharing subsidies. Now we have a Republican administration continuing to defend them in court. Why am I saying all this? And I didn't even get to Rick Perry now saying they're going to join the climate summit, the climate initiative in Paris. So, you know, they talk about the one big accomplishment of this administration are getting rid of all these... Uh, Obama-era environmental regulations, but, you know, global warming regs are the big ones. I'm forgetting a lot of items. I can't even remember. There's been so many betrayals this week. It's astounding. It's breathtaking. I'm even impressed, and I predicted this. How swift it is. It's unreal. I don't have enough time to write about all these cases. So that's what we have taking place this week. Planned Parenthood will be funded. Refugee resettlement will be funded. Sanctuary cities will be funded in the in the budget bill. But the border wall will not be funded. And now the Democrats are trying to get the cost-sharing Obamacare subsidies in there. And yet, our movement will always point to, well, it could be worse. Well, yeah, what do you expect? You did a lot in the first 100 days. Uh, and some of you might have heard, this debate was embodied in the debate I had with my good friend Sean Hannity, in the 435 segment of the Tuesday show this week. should go back and listen to it. And you, know, you might discount it, oh, that's Hannity, but unfortunately I think that's where most of our voters are now. We've become so complacent, the Democrats have crushed our will to do anything, that anything Republicans do will excuse, and certainly Trump, oh, he's trying his best, but we have no sense, and I, I, I know we did a couple weeks ago an episode entirely on this, a sense of proportionality and expectations, soft bigotry of expectations. What What's a legitimate expectation to have, and what's a purity thing that we're expecting too much? And the thing with all of these things is they're either unconstitutional, they, they cannot be done, they should not be done, um, the default position is to not do them, all it takes is inaction. For example just don't certify the Iran deal don't go and put assets in the field to defend indefensible things against lawsuits don't illegally give oh that's another thing I forgot I have an article on that DACA payments Sean Spicer the White House spokes tush was out there um saying oh Trump has a heart and and the reporter said but didn't you say it's illegal how do you continue for one day he has a heart well how does that answer the question Meaning, you, you see what I'm saying? There are certain expectations. Look, he's not going to balance the budget in 100 days. He's not, you know, going to reform Social Security and Medicare and get rid of the minimum wage. I mean, big legacy issues that are very disruptive, hard political cells, whatever. But there are certain things that are unilaterally in his power. There are certain things that, by default, you don't have. You, you could accomplish them by not acting. There are certain things that are legacy items. They're They're core promises. You have to weigh everything against each other. But, you know, Hannity, and again, he's a good friend. You know, I disagree with him, but he does have a heart of gold. Um, you know, I'm thankful he, he gives me voice to at least get the truth out, and he's willing to uh, at least entertain that better than, than many other shows. And, you know, he has a whole litany of stuff. Well, he Keystone Pipeline and Gorsuch, like, <laughs> dude, like... <laughs> There's no sense of proportionality. We get that for free. Wait, Gorsuch. First of all, how do you know he's a star? He's a minimum, okay, so, uh, no, a Republican-oriented judge. But with a Republican president, Republican Senate, and you got rid of the filibuster, so what do you expect? I mean, him to appoint Elena Kagan? I mean, we get that for free. It doesn't take anything. You know, if anything, you could praise McConnell. It took some deal of guts for a change to hold over and block Obama when he was president. But once that was held over for Trump, I mean, it didn't take anything out of him. Gorsuch, I'm sick of hearing that. That's like an excuse to put a kosher stamp on every betrayal he does. And, and that's the thing. It doesn't speak to what he's doing. you got to look at what he's actually enacting, not the bluster, or the campaign rhetoric. And we're basically having a scenario where all the promises that he could have done by simply just ending, he's he's doubling down on. Um, the legacy items, he's, he forced the Freedom Caucus into a very rough position. I know I have my whole article on that. I don't know if I'm gonna have time to get to it, but I have a 2000 word article explaining why I understand why they did what they did, what they're thinking, but let's just not fool ourselves. It's still an excrement sandwich. It's horrible. Um, but partly they did it because of Trump. So don't take him out of the equation. Oh, he's trying to repeal it. No, he's not. Instead of spending time bashing the moderates, bashing the appropriators for selling him out in the budget, he spent those weeks while they were negotiating away his leverage on the budget, bashing conservatives on, on for, for fulfilling his promise on health care. So this is akin to a, a husband committing adultery numerous times and then uh, giving giving some roses to his wife. <laughs> I mean... Well, the, the, the other guy wouldn't have given roses. That's, that's something. I mean, dude, get a grip. We're okay with the entitlement state. We're okay with Leviathan. We're okay with Obamacare. We're okay with with not just bad policies, but things that we said were manifestly illegal. The Iran deal, we said it was a treaty, and therefore it's null and void. How do you certify it? How do you actively issue DACA cards? How do you actively defend the contraception mandate? How do you actively give bailout payments to insurers that are not appropriated in in, in congressional funding? That's not something that, oh, Gorsuch, Keystone Pipeline and some random executive regs or guidance is going to speak to. Yeah, duh, you have a Republican president of any sort, you're going to get some things that you, relative to a Democrat. But that's our new baseline. Anything more than a Democrat, we're good. Daniel, don't be a purist. Nothing's ever good enough for you. There's no sense of proportionality. And like I keep saying it, some of it you have to look. Hey, you know, it's funny. We don't stand for anything other than the Democrats. We're a bunch of betas. We need, to, we need the Democrats for guidance. So we don't have our own affirmative views. We're just, well, the Democrats are doing this well, what the hell do you stand for? But there's actually something, if you want to talk about the Democrats all day, there's something you could learn from them. If you want a sense of what are realistic expectations when you have the House, the Senate, and the White House that you should be getting, look at what Democrats accomplished at this juncture. They had the bailouts passed. They had TARP. They had Cash for Clunkers. They had the stimulus. They had the S-chip expansion. They had the credit card regulations, the first financial regulations. There, um, they had the equal pay bill. I'm forgetting a couple things here, um, and then they laid the groundwork already for Obamacare, cap and trade, and and uh, Dodd Frank. They didn't yet pass it, but they certainly had it well along the way, um, you know, to, to implementation. Although with cap and trade, they, they wound up failing, but not because they didn't try and the dream act as well was something that they were they were gearing up on but they they failed because back then even democrats opposed it now even republicans support it even trump supports it so that's what that and then when it came time to the budget they got what they wanted in the omnibus of 2009 and again it was so bad that it spawned the tea party in april of 2009 <laughs> there weren't any excuses Oh, they didn't get to it. So that's what I'm saying. This is not a matter of, oh, Trump only has a certain number of hours in the day. He didn't get to it. It's a matter of, there's a difference between, oh, I did this and this in my first 100 days, but I didn't do C&D yet. Okay, so, all right, give give him a break. But if you affirmatively take positions on the wrong side of legacy items, it's not like you didn't, I didn't move the embassy yet to Jerusalem. That's another thing. The whole Israel policy. You know, and they illegally invited a Palestinian um, terrorist to talk peace. And pursuant to federal law, he's a, he's a designated terrorist. He, he's inadmissible. But we violated immigration law to bring him in. Um, bringing in Abbas next week to the White House. Lovely. I mean, no, nothing has changed. These are legacy, oh, Daniel, what do you mean nothing? Oh, Keystone Bible, <laughs> Okay, fine, not nothing. Stop being Amelia Bedelia with me. You know what I mean? If this is our expectation, then it's worse than I thought. Because if we are okay with being cheated on, if we are okay with the adultery, then we got problems. Because that means we're okay with the policies. And we lose, we seed that ground Forever. That's the rule. See, Democrats will always come back even if they fail on something. But but the rule with this ratchet is if, if, if you cede ground on a policy from the right, you will never gain that ground back. You could take that to the bank, by the way. I mean that is, that is just we – n- we never penetrate through that. Th- th- this is what is happening to our people. There's no sense of what you're supposed to be getting out of this. Again, go back and listen to that Sean Hannity interview. You'll see it's reflective of what... When I speak to a lot of people, I hear that, oh, they can't get everything you want, oh. I'm not asking for everything. I'm asking for the bare basic stuff. But the problem is, there's always a pacifier for people to suck on. And what do I mean by conservative and Republican voters always having a pacifier what's so frustrating is that you look at everything that Trump has done you could always come back at me and say well what about the good so for example the Iran deal so day one they certify that Iran's keep abiding by it and they keep it but then the next day Tillerson bashes Iran well look look at Tillerson that was awesome yeah but one's rhetoric and one's enactment <laughs> you know look at look at the fire not the smoke um, you know, oh, Daniel, Well, illegal immigration has been down. Okay, that, that's great, but that's not because of what Trump's doing. Ironically, it actually proves our point. Um, many, many of us have said for years that illegal immigration is very much a messaging problem. If you just evince the message to the world that, no, we're not going to cater to you, they'll stop coming, for the most part. And a lot of that's a legacy of Trump's campaign rhetoric. Ironically, I mean, the same way conservatives think he's doing good, you know, he's being tough. You know, his opponents on illegal immigrants think he's Hitler. So yeah, they're scared of him. But eventually that's going to wear off when when he ke- continues talking about dreamers every second because that's exactly what has incentivized people to come with children and everything or not such children. The Rockville rapists were called children too. They came with them. um, And he's going to keep doing that. So it's going to be reversed. So you know what I mean? That's nice, but it doesn't erase the fact that it, and it doesn't excuse keeping Obama's unconstitutional amnesty. There's no reason for it. And by the way, 85% of the DACA things are renewals. So you don't even have to do the painful, evil thing of ripping it away from them. You just simply, by inaction, you just don't affirmatively grant them a renewal. That was Marco Rubio's position, by the way, in the, in the campaign, um, which evidently Donald Trump can't even hold that line. You know, I hear people on Israel Oh, look at Nikki Haley at the UN. That's lovely, and I appreciate what Nikki Haley is saying, but the UN's a shiny object. It's American foreign policy and the State Department that matter. If America is green-lighting Israel to do what the hell they want, they'll do what they want irrespective of the UN. If America is, is clamping down on Israel and saying you can't freaking build in Jerusalem suburbs, which they're doing now, then they have problems on their hands. So you're not changing that. So, I mean, you know, the Nikki Haley... YouTube <laughs> clips don't countermand what you're doing gratuitously and wrongly at the State Department White House, White House level as a matter of real enactment of policy. That's the thing. You're always, but you know, you're always going to have something to throw at me. Oh, you did this, this policy, and and what's frustrating is the few things that he categorically did that were good, then the courts destroyed. Now, that I don't blame him for the first round, but then by now, you got to do something about that. You either don't listen to the courts and you make that case, or, oh, that's too much. That's okay, fine. So then at least demand from Republican uh, congressmen that you defund. You know, I sent a message to some conservatives in the House and Senate yesterday and told them that they should call Trump and say, look, in light of the Sanctuary City ruling, you have your issue. You have your flag, your ground to plant your flag on. Now you already caved on Planned Parenthood. You caved on the first executive order. You caved on on um, you know ref- refugee resettlement and uh, and the border fence. Plant your flag on sanctuary cities. That the, the messaging is great. The polling is great. It unites everyone. We will not fund the neo Confederate sanctuary cities, as uh, Mark Levin calls them. We will not fund them. Let the Democrats try to shut down the government in order to protect law-breaking. It, it touches on security. It touches on rule of law. Everyone gets it. Everyone understands that. But no, I'm not hearing any word that they're they're going to do that. So at, at the, and, and in fact, I've heard from back channels that the White House lawyers are too scared. You know, It's not like this proposal wasn't brought up to fight in the budget bill, but they don't want to tick off the courts. Really, you, you're going to ruin your appeal. What appeal to the Ninth Circuit, to the Fourth Circuit, and in, in in the in one of the other cases, the Maryland case, you're never going to win there. You keep groveling and legitimizing the same. I mean, there's one thing to grovel for the, before the courts is the final arbiter. If you think you're going to win, but you're not going to win anyway. So you know, even that's being voided out. So basically, legislatively nothing, budget, ter- bu- budget wise, we're getting nothing. The only thing left is executive orders and you know the only the only things that have really sustained are kind of small ball items. There you have the courts cleaning up. Anything he does executively, the courts all it takes is for the Democrats to go to one district judge in any of the number of circuits that they're always win the appeal, which is many of them, most of them in many cases except for the 5th and the 8th. And they're done. And by the way, when it comes to the Sanctuary City thing, I have a long piece on this, explaining the constitutionality, but you have a whole, this legal libertarian side that sides with the judge. I, I have a gut feeling that Gorsuch, Roberts, and certainly Kennedy are, are there. I, I, I think we only have two votes upholding it, Alito and Thomas. But look, I, I don't want to prejudge Gorsuch. I just, I just get the impression from the circles he travels in, but we'll see. But it's certainly not in the bag. So you put it all together, what do we have? We have nothing to show, but it's worse than nothing to show. It's worse than having a Republican continue Democrat policies. See, there'd be one thing if Republicans would get up there and say – run for election and say, look, you know what? We're personally pro-life, but – Look, let's face it. We're we're done. We're not we're not actively touching And The homosexual agenda. Oh my gosh, we're never touching that. Um, you know, marriage is something you talk about in your home, your church, but no, 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 no. Um, we don't like the courts, but look, like, what are we going to do about it? We're not doing anything. You know, look, we we didn't support Obamacare originally, but we love it now. We're not repealing it. We're just going to manage the bailout. I mean, that's what they're doing. So, so if they would say that, you know look, we complained about the Iran deal and said it was illegal, but, well, now it's not so illegal and we're keeping it. And, you know, Obama's amnesty was unconstitutional, but it's now constitutional and we love it. You know, and so on and so forth. I think we'd actually be able to heal as a, as a party because we'd be pretty successful in knocking them out in primaries. The problem is they lie and they they use our rhetoric talking points and policies and pin the antithesis of those policies on them and then we're smeared with the liabilities of them. So the only thing we're left with is now our policies are becoming unpopular. Think about it. And, and some of you I know watched me on Steve Dace. I made this case there. I'll repeat it here. I'll give you three issues. The border wall, Obamacare, and Iran deal. You know, those were the most winning issues around. I mean, you can't deny what Obamacare did with the elections. Um, the Iran deal was pulling two to one against And the border fence, as I said, I followed this issue for a decade, and it's always pulled 60 to 75%. Common sense, like, yeah, you build a wall, of course, it works. Now all three of those issues are underwater. And I saw a poll today that said the Iran deal is now two-to-one support for keeping it. Because that's what happens. Winning begets winning. Reality begets reality. And, And once something becomes a reality... People, that becomes the baseline. But moreover, when Republicans say they oppose it, but then equivocate, then start using the other side's talking points about it, it proves the veracity of the other side and their polling numbers go up. And then also Trump's unpopularity and everything now being defined by him. So the wall is going to be unpopular. Every, everything's going to be poll along with his polling. This is an unmitigated disaster. The question is, are we okay with this? If we're okay, oh no, this has been great, a couple chinks, uh, I blame Paul Ryan, but otherwise it's, it's good. Then then we're lost as a people. Then there's no hope. But if we recognize and acknowledge the severity of the problem, we might not have all the answers now, how to start a new party. But if we recognize that we need to, there are some things that could happen. And I want to end with the one good 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 news. Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, Judge Roy Moore, has announced his candidacy for the Alabama Senate. There's a special election to fill Jeff Sessions seat. Um, right now it's being warmed by literally an empty suit chamber crat. Yes, men from McConnell Luther strange, the former attorney general of Alabama. Um, and the special election is going to be in August. The runoff is going to be uh, the primary in August, the runoff in September and the general in December. So this is coming up in a couple months. Um, Roy Moore is the main mainly the only well-known conservative candidate and Luther Strange is the establishment candidate and he doesn't even have that much name ID relative to Roy Moore. So we have a very good chance chance here. Roy Moore speaks to everything we just talked about for the last half an hour on every dimension. He is like that square peg in the hole. He fills the gap of everything we're lacking. See we're a party and even a conservative movement of 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 fundraising and scam packs and 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 flag waving and rhetoric. Oh this is illegal. Oh it's terrible. Oh pro life. Oh look at. Oh until you actually reach the leverage point, the point of contention when you're going to affect the outcome and then well not so much. We kind of like Obamacare. Oh we're not really going to defund Planned Parenthood. Because we don't believe it in our heart and mind and soul. We don't believe it in practice. And, and worse, the few people that hold the line, we spit on them. And that's where Roy Moore comes in. You know, I, I encourage you to read again, and I apologize for so many long pieces this week, but I have trouble getting this out in 1,700 words only. Um, but I'll link to it in the show notes. Just my case for Judge Moore. He is the man that would... We all say... Oh, it's illegal. Marriage is a state function. Anthony Kennedy said so himself. There's no way you could redefine it at a federal level. Uh, you can't change God's law. Okay, so now they do it. Now what are you going to do? Oh, well, okay. Uh, it's the law of the land. Judge Moore put it all on the line. This is a man you know will never back down. And also, judicial supremacy, as you see, is the linchpin of everything. No issue matters. I mean, and how more appropriate to fill Jeff Sessions' seat? Jeff Sessions is now battling the courts on immigration. Isn't it? Let, let, let me say this, a, a, just a beautiful thought I had. You know, a lot of people are finally waking up to this business like, what the hell? How, how does a district judge, which is a... a, a institution created by Congress, not the Constitution, how did they? How are they the sole and final say over national sovereignty and every political and social issue of the other two branches and the, and the 50 states? It makes no sense, right? You know where that started? Rory Moore was ahead of his time. He said that. That's what the first case with him in 2003 when he was kicked off when a, it was a district judge, not the Supreme Court, that said you have to take down the Ten Commandments. like, what? I mean, how do you get legitimate standing to have a grievance to litigate that i mean much much less the jurisprudence behind it like no you, you have no power and his point was if a judge could redefine our most inviolable values if a judge could redefine marriage if a judge could redefine sexuality there's nothing they can do and if we're gonna regard that as the final say and do nothing to push back we have no country and this is the ultimate government shutdown you know the, the fine as, as of this broadcast, the final budget bill didn't come down yet. You know, exactly the cave. They're just negotiating how much they're going to cave. Democrats are now trying to get everything they can, like even, even more stuff. That's the only thing holding it up. But you're going to hear all this celebration in the media. We avoided a government shutdown. No, you didn't. We have the ultimate government shutdown. Our entire way of life is shut down. The entire system of government is flipped on its head. What's a federal power is given to the states. What's a state power is given to the feds. What's a congressional power is given to the executive. What's an executive power is given to the legislature. And everything's given to the federal judiciary. What's, a, what's an individual right is read out of the Constitution. What's antithetical to an individual right, to a natural right, to an inalienable God-given right is enshrined into the Constitution. You cannot get more backwards than what we're confronted with now. And Republicans are okay with it. The question is as a conservative movement, are we going to be okay with this? We're going to have a lot more on every one of these issues from healthcare to taxes to spending to budget to immigration to the courts to Judge Roy Moore running some other congressional races. We got you covered. I apologize for a lot of the bugs in the new website and the lack of access to my articles. It frustrates the heck out of me, too. Um, But hopefully we'll get that fixed by next week. As always, I need you guys to subscribe to CRTV. If you're sick of porn news, the entire conservative movement being destroyed by Fox News, which we now know the face of it was Bill O'Reilly and Roger Ailes, need I say more? (laughs) It's funny, in many respects that embodies who we are as, as 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 a false opposition. We are the embodiment of the values we, we claim we oppose. And that, that's what Judge Moore really speaks to. Um, that's that's where we are. And also, I just want to give a shout-out to the Freedom Fest, our other sponsors. July 19th to the 22nd, coming up very soon, at the Paris Resort in Vegas, they are hosting the annual Freedom Fest, the largest trade show for Liberty. Um, Register today using promo code CRTV100. CRTV100, get $100 off the regular rate. Go to www.freedomfest.com or call 855-850-3733. That's where you will actually meet people that believe in free markets, believe in limited government. You certainly won't find that in the conservative media these days. So uh, hope to see you guys there. Until next time, God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience.